Hey, I'm Asher. And I'm Jackson. And what you're about to listen to is strictly confidential. Hey, Asher, how's your week been? Oh, my week? Yeah, your week. My week is totally blown. But it's only Monday. How could it have blown? It's totally sucked. Wow. And it's not a case of the Mondays. Allianne has been out of town for more than a week, and... Cool. Sorry, dropped the beer <laughs> bottle cap. <laughs> kind of gave away what I'm doing. I love in the way you said that, how you, as you were saying it, realized you, you shouldn't be saying the word bottle, but should be instead saying the word cap. And so you very quickly went, beer bottle cap. I'm not drinking during recording. You're drinking during recording. I need to drown my sorrows because the house is empty and there's only three feral cats in here. Is one of them you? If one of them is me, then we got a fourth entity that I don't know how to explain. You realize really quickly that you're more of an extrovert than you thought when you finally have the house to yourself and you hate it. Yeah. But yeah, house is empty. It's spooky. Perfect atmosphere for researching some conspiracies, to be sure. Cool. Speaking of homes, I have a home-based question for you because you are obviously a real estate expert. Yes. So uh, I want to know, is it my job to tell my landlord that people want to buy the home I'm living in? I I don't know. What do you get out of it? So I don't think I get anything out of it, but he keeps getting mail addressed to him that says, hey, sir, I'd like to buy your home. And I keep thinking that's where I live. I don't want you to take away the place I like living. But there is a griff. There's definitely a scam you can run. You have an opportunity here. I don't know what it is. I'm not about to give it to you. I just know that there's something here that we can work with. See, I'm with you. I think there's probably something I can work with. My issue is that I get these letters probably weekly at this point. And I used to think, okay, yeah, I throw them in the trash. But then I thought, nobody ever gave me a class on how to be a renter. I mean, is this a form or is it like an individual? Can you, Is it an actual person? Can you tell? Some of them definitely are companies. Okay. Uh, but I haven't seen, it always feels like, Like, it's very personalized to the home I'm in. Because the house we're in right now is really nice. I mean, you don't have a hidden for sale sign that you haven't noticed, do you? Because, I mean, it's insane that you just have, I would like to buy your house. So it's not somebody coming up to me and asking that. It's, and it's not even people saying, I would like to, I think probably none of them are just people. I think they're all real estate agents who say that house looks like it could sell well. Let's see who owns it so we can buy it from them to sell it later. That is the coldest, clammiest cold call I can imagine. (laughs) But is it my job to give it to my landlord? Certainly not. Okay, good. That makes me feel at peace about it. I don't feel like I even have to yell at you. I think you should know this. I'm perfectly fine staying in this house, and there is no part of me that has any guilt about not giving these to my landlord. But the other day, in passing, I was thinking, this is kind of a waste of paper. Should, yeah. I, should I be doing something about this, or should I continue with this weird task of finding a letter at the door not addressed to me that says on the front, hey, sir, the thing you're in, I'll buy it, and taking it to the recycling bin where I rip it in half and then put it on two sides of a beer can? Yeah, I mean, at this point, the letter should just say, Dear sir or ma'am, here's an extra chore for you. Yeah. This seems like a real easy transition, TBH. Does it? I could do it if you want. Do it. Okay, so uh, in the same line of thought of people showing up at your door and randomly being in the area, you may have... (laughs) 
you may have missed that somehow at some point, some sort of robot took a photo of your home. We're talking about the robots that are currently orbiting our planet right now. Satellite photography. I told you. And can you use? Yes, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, you can find a lot of interesting things on Google Maps, some hilariously cropped photos of cats. And, you know, like when you're getting the street view camera, the camera takes those panorama photos and you can get some really funny pictures out of that. Briefly, sidebar, we I know I I know we're less than a minute into your topic. Can we talk about how panorama photos are so cool and there is no good way to look at them? I've been thinking about this for weeks and never thought that the word panorama would randomly come up in conversation, but it happens to be that we're recording it. How weird is it that if I am on a landscape in a beautiful spot, which happens a lot here in Utah, and I think, hey, my phone has this feature where if I move it across, I can take a panorama and it's such a cool feature, but then I have nowhere to post that or do anything with it. Yeah, I mean, it's great on your phone, but if you want to put that on Instagram, then it just like that would crop it down to being a ultra IMAX super skinny photo yeah which kind of kills the whole effect absolutely but yeah back to back to theories street view is pretty much the most useful function of google maps and google earth i've found through my research is not that much more detailed than maps is and there are certain areas within there are certain areas on earth that are more detailed than others one just because of it's more useful to have detailed photos of downtown los angeles than it is the north pole or the South Pole. But if you've seen The Thing recently, or you just feel like the uh, the Arctic is the way to go when looking for UFOs, you may want to use Google Maps to search for evidence of UFO crash sites. Unfortunately, you- the photos really aren't great in the Antarctic. The uh, it's, it's spotty, for sure. And a lot of the time spent researching this episode was me just wrestling with Google Maps, trying to get it to go where I wanted it to go, because it clearly thought that I didn't want to be at the South Pole. Which I think is probably a good feature for the most part. A pretty safe assumption. There's not too many roads to latch onto for Google Maps. So Google Earth was a little bit more manageable, but you're not really getting any more detail. It's pretty much the exact same satellite photos. And for the North and South Poles, I doubt that the photos are updated very often, and they're also mostly frozen tundra. So there's not a lot of detail that people will be able to see anyway. So those photos are pretty blurry, except when you get around the Antarctic research stations. Uh, do you know anything about research stations in Antarctica, Jackson? Isn't that how Obama controlled the weather? I think so. It's a really convenient starting point for a lot of conspiracy theories because Most nations have a research station in Antarctica, but during the summer at its height, there's only about 4,000 people that are there. And the year round teams, every nation in the world included, is only about 1,000 people. Wow. So there's not a lot of people who know someone who has lived in the South Pole or any station in Antarctica. And these stations, of course, primarily exist for research because there's not much else you can do there other than study the stars, study like, I don't know, geothermal activity. That sounds like something they would do. Certainly. Uh, A lot of these bases were originally made out of stone and built in the late 1900s. Actually, excuse me, late 1800s during the uh, heroic age of Antarctic exploration, which is the late 19th century. It all started with the Almond House built in 1903. But now 
We have much larger, much more sophisticated stations, most notably the one that is the true South Pole that the United States has, the research station, the uh, Amundsen-Scott South Pole Research Facility. That's a mouthful. It is. And it's definitely one of the, from what I can tell, biggest stations, because these are all being manned by maybe a few dozen to 100 people each. Very small stations. Also very lonely, I would assume, and isolation would probably get to you. It takes a very specific kind of person to be able to handle that level of darkness and isolation. Not really what we're talking about, but the thing touches on that subject, too, as well as UFOs crashed in the ice. Just an all-around good movie, one of my favorites. Well, I haven't said it explicitly, but you've probably figured out by putting the the pieces together. We're going to talk about a Google Maps finding what looks like a UFO crash site near the McMurdo Station in Antarctica. Okay. Now, this happened back in 2012 and was a really big deal within the UFO circle, but it never really reached the public eye. And so a lot of the information we have now is from UFO enthusiasts, which is to say extremely inaccurate and very anecdotal and very scattered. Can I say that's kind of what you're going to get from this show always anyways? Not necessarily. Like like the Skull and Bone Society has as is. is pretty well documented, at least from the outside. I just mean that we, you and I, are not much more than enthusiasts anyways. Yeah, good point. Well, doing the research was difficult because in Antarctica, it being mostly frozen nothingness, there aren't really a lot of landmarks to go off of. So I'm just pouring through threads and getting these coordinates that I can put into Google Maps to go see a pinpoint so I can go see a white square. But every now and again, something shows up that's not just a white square. Sometimes you see a crevasse. You can also, with Google Maps, kind of get a rough estimation of distance. And people have found, most notably in 2012, there's a photograph of what looks like a crater, but a skidding object that has come to a stop in the snow. But the crevice it created being about 60 to 72 meters long. Alexa, play Photograph by Nickelback. Look at this photograph. So a few of these have shown up around Antarctica throughout the years, and they are, I mean, they're just dents in the snow. There's not much, I mean, you can theorize that it is a crash site and something's buried under there. There's not really much information that would, I mean, it could be literally anything. It could literally just be like the wind formed a large hill and then the satellite took a photo with a hard shadow because light is so weird in the antarctic and it kind of looks like a crater but it's it's just a mound of snow people didn't really start looking at these craters seriously until in 2012 a photo surfaced of what appears to be a long strip of uh displaced snow some sort of disc-shaped object buried in the snow and then four tanks pointed at the unknown object oh so are we supposed to think these are earth tanks protecting us from whatever this spaceship is precisely asher Asher sent me this photo before we started recording and i've been looking at it trying to figure out what's going on this whole time so that's the theory right now in my mind is that these things are these so this thing is some sort of alien spaceship the skid mark lol that landed there on this photograph is supposed to be from the spaceship and these three tanks are actually human vessels here to protect us from whatever's on there that is correct and you would kind of have to be going in with the assumption 
that you're looking at an alien crash site to come to that conclusion because you really are just looking at four large rectangular objects with some kind of antenna or I don't know, cannon coming out of the top. And then you can see the line in the snow and what looks like at the end point, making the exclamation point, some object that is skid across the snow. Yes. So these are clearly man-made objects. These four tanks, I'm going to call them for the me- in the meantime, lined up, don't look like anything else that you'll see in that scape. You can see what is clearly mountain range. You can see frozen nothing. These are geometric, evenly spaced, more or less, constructions. Yes. You can't say for sure that they're tanks, but they do seem to be located here for whatever this object is. Because there's not much else around. The closest thing we see to this location, which, by the way, on Google Maps, if you want to put it in, 77 degrees, 49 feet, 53.4 inches. I guess you say feet and inches. I don't know. It's a hatch mark and a double hatch. South and 166 degrees, 50 inch, 50 feet, 33.4 inches east. Bit of a mouthful. You can also just search Antarctic tanks, and that will bring up the same image. Putting in those coordinates now, though, is a little disappointing because since 2012, the image has been updated and there is nothing there now to speak of. It's just kind of a pixelated gray blob in that location. What you can see next to it, though, is Wiley Field Road. Yeah, there's actually a road pretty close by to this site that we're seeing in this photo. The road being what connects the McMurdo Station, the American Research Station, to the closest airport where, I mean, primarily just supplies and researchers are being flown in and out during the summer. Okay. So that lends even more credibility that these four objects aren't just very, very unlikely positioned stones. They're man-made objects. Are they tanks? Definitely not. Are you sure though? They really look like tanks. If you showed me this photo and hadn't told me what the theory was, I would have thought they were tanks. Probably. I don't know. But remember I said that that crash site from the beginning of where we assume there was an impact and from the end of the slide of the object, that it was, you can get an estimation of the distance. Using that same sort of estimation, these tanks are ginormous. I believe over 40 feet long each. That's that's fine, yeah. That's a pretty big tank, but maybe even even if you don't consider the estimation from Google Maps to be accurate, which is probably not that accurate in the South Pole, where are the tread marks? These tanks apparently have been sitting there for as long as this unidentified object has. Okay. If they're trying to defend against a alien attack, I assume, presumably something is going to come out of that crater. Can I real fast play Stitch's advocate, as in the advocate for the alien life form on this? Yes. Okay, so let's assume that these are tanks and these this is an alien life form. Who's to say that... And so are we assuming that these tanks are alien tanks or human tanks? The tank, the tanks are human tanks. They're so, near a road that we constructed and has been there for a while. So that's how we discovered the crash. And then we knew that we needed to defend ourselves. So we lined up these four tanks, pointed those barrels straight at it just to ensure that we could be safe to inspect it further. So let me debunk all of your debunking with a couple theories. So the tanks being gigantic, I'm fine with that because I do believe that there is stuff that the military has made that I don't know about and will not know about until way later than they make it. And that is how I believe it'll consistently work because I feel like I trust our military to be doing that, to be constantly innovating and then keeping it a secret so other people don't know about it, blah, blah, blah. That makes sense? Yeah. I believe that the aliens 
saw or that mankind sees this alien spaceship come into view and happen to see it come in to where the North Pole, this is the North Pole or South Pole? This is South Pole. South Pole is, and that just happens to be where our alien spacecraft already is. So our tanks move in close while an intense snowstorm is coming through. And so they're sitting in position where they think the spacecraft is going to land. The snow covers their tracks so we don't see the tanks have moved at all. And they're set up there to negotiate with the alien terrorists. The alien terrorist spaceship rides in with the skid marks, lol, and land and stop right in front of the tanks. And that's where the conversation starts. Correct. That's the only explanation I can think of. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Glad we're on the same page and agree that this is true. And it's only confirmed by the fact that now it's all gone. It's all been cleaned up. The tanks have rolled out. If those were research facilities, you would still be able to see them on Google Maps, right? But you go to that location now, there's nothing. So they have to be vehicles. It's something mobile to be sure. If you wanna see something that is live right now, but may not be for long after the government covers it up, you can go to 80 degrees, 34 feet, 08.4 inches south, and then 30 degrees, 05 feet, 19.3 inches west. Just to reassure our listeners, you're gonna put that in the episode description, right? That's a good idea. That's a lot to remember and type. Those will be in the episode description. And there is a second crater that looks identical to this one that appeared in 2012. You can see for yourself right now, as of August 2019, who knows how soon they'll have this covered up, an equally massive impact point where there is a clear place of impact, a slide, and then something buried within the snow. And there's no tanks there yet, but it's a very similar scene to what happened in 2012. They're just falling out of the sky at this point, Jackson. No wonder every nation has a research base in Antarctica. That's where they're all landing. It's the only explanation, right? It has to be. It has to be. Except I have the actual explanation right here, if you want to hear it. Uh, okay. I'll hear it, yeah. All right, let's ruin this whole thing for you. There's more than just tanks that are mobile within the Antarctic. As you remember, there are groups that appeared during the summer exclusively, the most bearable months, and then a much smaller team that stays year-round. Well, during the summer, presumably when these photos were taken because of how bright and sunny and how hard the shadows are, there are several summer research stations that crop up all over the place and are very mobile because they're not intended to stay much longer than a few months. And that's what we're seeing here. And we can compare it pretty easily to other research stations and pop-up camps on Google Maps. They all kind of have like this similar, this similar shape that we're seeing here, these tanks. And of course, the long shadow that's being cast by the tank's gun, that's just the antenna of the radio tower on top of the facility. Okay, so there's people studying this site. That doesn't necessarily mean that it isn't UFOs, like even though they're just research stations and not military vehicles, they're still interested in it for some reason. If we're able to capture another site that looks just like it, we can, we can, in fact, presume that there are a lot of these craters that look very similar to this, uh, because this happens all the time. Richard Waller, who is the senior lecturer in uh, physical geography at Keele University in the UK, uh, he told the Daily Mail, which I think is just a sort of like National Enquirer type conspiracy rag, uh, the photo actually depicts an avalanche that cast a large block of ice which is since skidding and rolling through the snow. And that object you see at the end of the trail 
is just a nice block. This scenario he adds is pretty obvious to even a casual observer. I don't know about that guy. I don't think it was say it was pretty obvious. But you'll notice with the coordinates I put, I gave you to you last, and I said that you can see one for yourself right now, it's really close to the peak of a mountain range where an avalanche would occur. And indeed, this original photo that shows the four tanks is also really close to a sloped range where falling ice could easily build up enough momentum to make a large impact in the snow. So what we're actually seeing here is summertime research teams checking out this fallen block of ice as they, I assume, can get some sort of information about avalanches and how they work. Maybe that's not even the primary reason they're there. There's a possibility that's just a coincidence. Kind of a bummer that we already have the disproving of this theory. I mean, I'm not totally satisfied with it just being a block of ice. You really can't see what is in the snow. It's, and it's not obvious to the casual observer. That guy was just being snarky. Yeah, looking back at the original photo, these blocks are very rectangular and they all have something on top of them. From what I'm looking at, it's not hard to believe that those are tanks. I'd say my conclusion is that this is really similar to the face that appeared in Mars, where there was those that rock formation that to us really appeared to be like a human face, just because people tend to see faces very easily in anything. Just two dots in a line below it looks like a face. And that's I mean, that's how cartoons work, is that we're able to take such simple lines and apply ourselves and our own identity to them. Right. And I think in a similar way, what we're seeing here is us projecting our want to find a sign of spacecraft landing on Earth. We want to see evidence of aliens. And then when we see a strange shape in the snow, we project that onto it. Unless I made sure to say that loud enough that the audio would peak. The reason that now these photos are blurry and undetailed is that they have been manually blurred to cover up the ongoing investigation at this crash site. That's my favorite theory. I like it. Let's do that. Yeah, let's leave it at that and call it a day. Well, this has been a shorter episode, but that's all we have time for this week. I want to shout out Glimmerl, as always, for our theme song, Threadbare, off the album Burn of Proof. You can check it out at GlimmerlMusic.com or Spotify, iTunes, any place that streams music. We always appreciate that tune for our intro and outro. Makes us look professional. Absolutely, yeah. And if you want to follow us on our social media, we will post definitely this photo, maybe a couple more interesting Google Earth ones from the area, but definitely this one on our Instagram and our Twitter. And our Instagram is Strictly Confidential Show and our Twitter is S Confident Show. And if you want to shoot us anything, shoot us a question, shoot us a joke, shoot us a theory you want us to talk about, shoot us a theory you want us not to talk about. Our Email is strictlyconfidentialshow at gmail.com. <clears throat> if you'd like to be interviewed on the show, we'd like to have you come talk about your personal experience with the paranormal or a conspiracy that you know all about. Also, if you have a best friend, and I hope you do, tell them to listen to this show because, I don't know, man, friends tell friends to listen to their content that they enjoy. If you enjoy this show, they probably do too. And word of mouth is the best way to grow. I think that's all we do. Yeah, I think that's all we do, Jackson. So until next time, I've been Asher. And I've been Jackson. And you've been listening to Strictly Confidential. And as always, I didn't think of a thing to say.